Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Second and nine. And not just because of that race. Looking deep for Jefferson. Walked it in at the 15. Working on the rookie Barku. And they finally take the deep shots. Walks back to Jefferson in the end zone. Touchdown. He continues to just be a, a great asset for us. I'm, I'm so grateful that, that we drafted him. Uh, I'm so grateful that we have him. Um, you know, in addition to being such a capable receiver, uh, he has a great demeanor about him during the game. Um, doesn't get high or low, just kind of stays the course. He's a great teammate. So it's been a joy working with him. And, um, you know, we're only, I believe, you know, 12 games into his career. So there's a lot of football up ahead. And I, I think, you know, our fan base should be excited about uh, – you know, what he'll be able to do, f- hopefully, for a long time. Let's uh, celebrate another Vikings victory and a big game by Justin Jefferson with some Corona Hard Seltzer, Declan Goff. Yeah, Kirk's grateful for uh, Justin Jefferson, and I'm grateful for uh, Corona Hard Seltzer for powering our takes and uh, powering Purple Daily every week. Vikings Vent Line happens every Sunday, obviously six days a week for Purple Daily coverage on YouTube and our podcast feeds. Thank you to Corona Hard Seltzer because it's the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes. With a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports. Chicago, Illinois. Football. 23-yarder for the win. And it is good. The Minnesota Vikings win it in overtime. You know, it was just the game we had to play, and, um, you know, I was proud of the way we were able to stay resilient, keep playing. Um, you know, again, when your defense creates turnovers and gives you short fields, you know, it makes life a lot easier. And we unfortunately did not capitalize on those enough. But, uh we kept being gifted some really good opportunities, um, and then it was great to be able to hit, you know, a shot down to Justin Jefferson down the sideline, and uh, you know, a few different plays here and there that uh, uh, kind of got us back in it. And welcome to the show, Purple Daily with Mackie and Judd, Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing, and uh, you can find yesterday's edition of Vikings Ventline 
on demand on our YouTube page. If you want the full video, the full production, it's youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. We appreciate everyone who has subscribed to that channel and you can subscribe to our podcast, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. Boys, the Vikings are six and six. They are in the seventh playoff spot right now with a chance to climb even higher against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And even though yesterday's game was very Jaguarsian, a lot of turnovers, a lot of mud, in the end, it was my guy. Who's got two thumbs and a clutch quarterback at the end leading game-winning drives? None other than Mr. Game-winning drive himself. That's right. Kirk Cousins. Pour one out, boys. Pour one out. After that game? I could have poured about eight out. Yeah. In fact, I would have been very happy to have forgotten I watched the entire thing from both teams' standpoints, too, not just one of them. I may have went through a a little little mimosa and then delved into my Corona Hard Seltzers uh, by the time the first quarter was over. So I don't blame you. 19 net yards of offense for the Vikings in that quarter. I don't blame you. Those were three and a half hours of our lives that we probably won't get, get back. You will never get back. That probably ranks. For me, on Vikings games, that is probably a top 10 all-time just awful game to watch just from uh, just no style points. Have you guys ever in your lives, even when the Jaguars have had good teams like a couple years ago, have you ever gotten done with a Jaguars game and thought to yourself, boy, that was an amazing back-and-forth display of football? Did Mark Brunel ever engage? You know, he, he was good. Did Mark Brunel engage... In a Jag, Jaguars, I was going to say Jaguarian I mean, like game. 25 years no, ago. No, I know, but you're asking a question about their I, franchise history. I'm putting on my Manny Hill hat here, and I'm remembering a playoff game like 10 years ago where David Garrard ran all over the field and slayed Tom Brady into the divisional round. Okay. Like David Garrard and the Jags upset. Okay. One of those weird years where the Brady, like Bill Check and Brady were like one and done for like four years but, between their Super Bowl But runs. was that like a, what, I guess the type of game I'm talking about is like these Enjoyable. Game, <laughs> these games you see where it's like, it's it's great offense on both sides. The defense is, you know, That's doing what some saying. things. It's like 31 to 27 and, uh, and it's just like who gets the ball last, right? And, it's, and there's no turnovers, well, you know no who, safety. You know who coached a lot of sexy football games? Tommy Coughlin. <laughs> God, dude. Tom Coughlin, those Giants football. and Jaguars teams. Putting on offensive clinics. And when I think of sexy football, I think Doug Marone. That's right. I'm thinking if I'm if I'm looking for turnover free, safety free, missed extra point free, Mike Glennon free football, it's Doug Marone. So here's what we're gonna do on today's episode. Not only do we have our uh, customary Monday Viking statements, we also have a hilarious Bears loss to react to with Bears Ventline. Uh, so stick around for that here. But let's start with Judd Zolga. We'll go around the room a bunch of times here. Viking statements after they pull back to 500. Okay, uh, I'm going to start off by not looking back, but instead looking ahead because that Jaguars game was a piece of work. Uh, and statement one for me is this. Next Sunday's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa, Florida will tell us about this Vikings team post-bye week. They are 5-1. and one. They lost to Dallas. Um, the thing is, of their six wins, guys, only one has come against a team that is above 500 currently. That is the win that they got coming out of the bye at Lambeau against the Packers. Besides that, the Vikings have beaten pretty much bad football teams. So, 
I really do believe, and Tampa is not perfect, Brady within the confines of the Arians' offense has struggled, but Tampa is 7-5. and five. They are a game up in the sixth seed right now in the playoff race in the uh, conference on the Vikings. So my statement is I really believe that Sunday's game will tell us about what this Vikings team is made of, not the team that won one of their first six games, but the team that has rebounded strongly and won five of its past six post by week. Real quick, off that point you just made, I know you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, and this team still has enough flaws to where you're not going to expect them to just win every game for like two months. Yep. But they really should have won that Dallas game, and they had the Dallas game in hand. The defense melted down a couple times. The offense had a chance at the end against a bad defense, and they just like couldn't put the final puzzle together. Yep. How much different would the talk around the Vikings around the country be if they were sitting here at 7-5, and five, having won every game since their bye week? Because right now I think it's like, oh, okay, this, this, this. if the Vikings can beat Tampa, this is kind of interesting. Uh, but but if they well, were 7-5. Yeah, and Six-game win streak, right? Yeah. They'd, they'd be regarded yeah, be. as like the hot team in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, all right. Here's my statement for you guys. One of many. <laughs> Let's just get right to the praise. The late-game luminary himself strikes again yesterday. And I know that a lot of the the things that had to be overcome were somewhat self-inflicted. There was a terrible pick six to start the second half. And you could say, well, Dalvin Cook, I mean, buddy, turn around. What are you doing? You're the you're the check down on that play. Why is your back turned after Miscom- like three it was a seconds, right? It was a miscommunication, okay? And I might say, listen, yo, listen, my guy's not, he's not beyond criticism, okay? Uh, maybe don't throw it to your running back if he's got his back to you and there's a linebacker staring at you. But just, you know, things happen. You know, you are things, so things tur- you are so turning on him right now. I'm not. Things happen, okay? All I ask You're out of the is that when things happen, whether it's self-inflicted or or it's, you know, you know some you know Jaguars forces are you're going against you. Yep. That you overcome the things that happened just like last week in uh in that game against the Panthers. Such a backhanded right? praise. No, listen, I'm saying Kirk Cousins has overcome for the second straight week forces around him, yes. and he has now tripled his game-winning drive total from his previous two seasons as Vikings quarterback. He now has three game-winning drives this season, yep. as classified by uh, by ProFootballReference.com. He had one game-winning drive in 2018-19 combined in the regular season. He is Mr. Game-Winning Drive. The dagger doctor, the late game luminary, the colossus of clutch, the fourth quarter pharaoh, Kirk Cousins. Beautiful handoff form, by the way, once they crossed the 50-yard line yesterday. Nobody okay. hands it off like Kirk to Dalvin. Those were beautiful Except when hands. it doesn't work, in which case it's fumbled. But you know what? When it doesn't work, make sure that you go over to your running back with the cameras rolling and demonstrably show him how to take a handoff from you, okay? Yeah. That right. type of leadership yeah, is important <laughs> if you're looking to complete game-winning drives down the stretch. And I just want to point out, too, on that final drive, yeah, it was a lot of Dalvin Cook. In fact, it was eight consecutive carries to Dalvin Cook. But Kirk Cousins, the first few plays of that drive, mm-hmm. so they start, uh, I think they started that drive at, like, their own 40-yard line or something. He passes to Adam Thielen for a nine-yard gain. He finds Tyler Conklin for 10 yards. Um, like he, His passing set up would eventually would have been either the game-winning field goal or uh, or Dalvin Cook running into the end zone. So Kirk Cousins, overcome, overcome, overcome. We'll see what happens when better teams pop up on the schedule. But never a doubt from me anyways. 
You guys can no. apologize You've and explain why you want. You've always said he's worth every penny that he makes. You've always said that. I've even told you, like, why aren't they paying no. him more money? Yeah, salary cap leaguer, no. He's worth every cent that he makes. I'm pretty sure the Vikings have like $500,000 in cap space left over. Why that isn't going to Kirk for a bonus at this point, I have no idea. Go right to Creed. You know what? Sign Kirk's kids, too. (laughs) They'll play for you. Let's just keep it all in the Cousins family forever, as long as possible. Mr. Game Winning Drive. Alright, I'm sorry to be negative on my first statement, but I I have to just get this off my chest. Can can we blast kickers into the sun? I'm so (laughs) thick of kickers. There is an option on Blitz Football to press X to get an extra point. Why is that not a thing in the NFL? Dan Bailey, in his career as a Viking, from 20 to 39 yards, okay? From 20 to 39 yards, basically pooch shots, has missed one field goal in his Vikings tenure. Once from 20 to 39 yards. One field goal missed. Extra points, he has missed eight. He has missed eight extra points. That is super weird. But he can make a field goal from 20 to 39 yards, Mr. Automatic. And it caused problems. It forced an overtime. Blast kickers into the sun. I am so done with kickers, dude. And I know the Players Association would come back for eliminating a position. But I think football would be better without it. Just eliminate kickers. It is. It no, is no field goals. No field goals. No field goal attempts. What, no would, field you, goals. what would you do? So you just you would have to cross the goal line to get points yeah. in your NFL. Could you add a fifth down? I don't know how that would help. Well, like you'd have your <laughs> offense would have more chances to get a first down. Like your offense so, would have. Okay, so I see. You. So you would, yeah. you would just constantly be moving the ball. Okay. Yeah. Now, now extra points being converted to two point conversions, I could actually see. But I don't think you can get rid of field goal. Attempts. I think you have to keep field goals. But I'm with you on the extra points for sure. And it is really, it, like, think about all the things that you do in a week and you're scheming, you're dealing with all the injuries to, like, your key players and you're putting together these complicated game plans and you're trying to impose your will on 53 other guys on the other side of the field, and right? Some and it all comes guy, down to, Declan like, comes on. Dan Bailey, w- whether he woke up with, yeah. you know, with his leg feeling good or not. A football you know? game should not come down to someone who looks like me. <laughs> You're right. 1,000%. That's, that's such a good point. It should never come down to someone who and looks like me. And it does all the time. All the Super Bowls have been decided by people that look Guys like me. Guys who probably weigh exactly what you weigh get to decide games to- at times. You know who you look exactly like? The Colts kicker. That Rodrigo Blankenship guy. Colts kicker. Here, let me pull look, this up here. I'll look him up. The Colts kicker. Georgia, right? His name is Rodrigo Blankenship. Georgia kicker, name? right? Just wait for it here. All right. Oh, God. Is he, did he go to Georgia? Is that where Blair Walsh went? Yes. I thought Rod, I, I thought he was. Uh, I have weight. This guy's already decks. losing his hair at a young age. His hair doesn't even match mine. Is Phil trying to tell you something? No. Know, dude. Is Phil trying to tell you something about your hair? <laughs> Dex, move your face up closer to the camera so people can compare. Kind of <laughs> you are Rodrigo Blanket. Oh, my God, he is. He's not losing his hair at all, Declan. Your hair looks just like that. Look, are we gonna get no, you, losing his we're hair. We're going to get you a Colts mask. Can we get him a Colts? <laughs> it's not okay. Declan. Uh, that's I, too bad. I think, he got, I think Mackie just nailed it, he man. It. Yeah, he got it. You do look like him, Georgia. Congratulations. We, we are deciding football games, me and Rodrigo. Really happy for He's everyone. 23. Yeah, this is great. Oh, my God. <laughs> and both, you're, he's really thin. Yep. Both guys having supreme non-Rocky success with women, too. Uh, Judd, what's your, what's your next day? I don't know Rodrigo's women's success. We don't know that. We don't know that. Depends on how many. Looks like a guy that probably does pretty well. <laughs> women are mad at him these days. Um, <clears throat> all right. My next statement is this. I, uh, I And it'll be very, very simple. And it, as far 
again, as Sunday's game against Tampa goes, it must be cleaned up. The fumbles must stop. The miscues must stop. You have now, let's review the past two games against, all right, Carolina and Jacksonville, which have something in common. They both pretty much suck. Jacksonville's worse, but Carolina's not great. Two possessions to open the third quarter against the Panthers resulted in a Cousins fumble return for a touchdown. A Dalvin fumble return for a touchdown. 14 points for the Panthers basically before the third quarter had hit, um, what, 10 minutes in or five in, I should say? Okay. Then yesterday, Jacksonville, we have the... Kirk throw to Dalvin. Again, they're involved. Results in a pick because Dalvin does not turn around. Kirk didn't uh, Kirk didn't expect that. And it results in, I believe, a 43-yard touchdown return by the Jaguars linebacker for a touchdown. Okay, that's 21 points in early third quarters. And then early in the fourth, at the goal line, we get the handoff to Dalvin. Fumble charge to Kirk, but Dalvin's got to take the ball. In other words... You can do this against the Panthers and Jaguars. You proved that, right? But on Sunday when you're playing Tampa Bay or on Christmas Day when you're playing the Saints at the Superdome, you do that, you almost certainly lose. Clean it up. Like, we're not talking about tough things to clean up. Clean it up. Yeah, I mean, ordinarily, I think it would be a problem unless you've got a guy at the end of games that can bail you out about, like Mr. Game Winning Drive. How about Mr. Guad? It makes his life easier by not screwing up early in the third quarter, Mr. Guad. Mr. Guad. Mr. Guad, can we talk, please? Mr. Guad. I, said, I, actually, I actually blame the I blame Riley Reef for not making a tackle on that linebacker to bail out his quarterback and his running back. Where was oh, Riley oh. Reef laying down on that play? Very high PFF a, grade, my man. He did he had a good game. High, yeah. very high grade for the left yeah. tackle. All right, my next statement is honestly the ugliness of this victory doesn't really matter to me. So, first of all, I mentioned this off the top of the show, that the the Jaguars just have this way of pulling teams into their Jaguarsian vortex of bad football. There's all these, like, Jaguarsian rules to football games. Half of them have to take place on Thursday night. Another half of them have to have a final score that involves, like, a 19 or a 16 or a 5, like, just some, some weird final score. There has to be at least a safety and or four turnovers in every Jaguars game. The Jaguars play ugly football, and they just, like, bring teams into their vortex. And so I wasn't super shocked that this game turned Jaguarsian. Secondly, we were genuinely debating six weeks ago on this show and on other shows whether this Vikings team would finish, like, 3-13 and or 4-12 and and whether they'd be in the mix for one of the top three or four draft picks, right? And so even though they've gotten hot, they're not exactly a perfect roster that is well-honed and oiled. They've got rookies and backups that they're molding into starters. They were never going to coast smoothly against every single team, including the bad teams. So, like, if, you, if, you're, if you're walking into a game and Eric Kendricks gets hurt and you're literally running out, like, eight backups or rookies on defense, it's going to look kind of clunky, and that's kind of what happened yesterday. And so yesterday was an example of, just get back to 500. The ugliness of the victory doesn't really matter. See what you can do against Tampa Bay uh, with playoff ramifications next week. Or am I just being like way too forgiving of what? Yeah, happened? you are. Okay. You are. You you have played three consecutive games against b- bad teams. You lost to Dallas, Carolina. Hey, here's my problem: offensive miscues 
and and coaching at times when, when it comes to in-game uh, management of the clock actually bugs me the most, I think. Like the defense, I sort of get because the defense, you're right, it's depleted. Um, yeah, like, like, does like, that mean I'm yeah. happy that Chris Boyd is not good at playing corner a lot of times? No, but I sort of get that. Um, but fumbles are your fault. Like that play with Dalvin not turning around, that's on you, dudes. That's the type of thing that bothers me. Yeah, I would say that's fair if we separated the like the the bad things that happened into two bins. One bin is Todd Davis misses some tackles. Yeah, that's well, like good. right. Okay. That's ugly, but it's going to happen. It's gonna happen. I agree. And the other bin is. Throwing a 35-yard fade route yeah. on third and one with 25 <laughs> seconds left in the fourth quarter to Adam Thielen. Like, okay, get back in the film room. Go work with a Madden player. Figure out and, how. And to your point, Phil, you're not good enough with what you're working with currently to do that. Like, if you're playing a good team, that means you're going to lose probably, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, control the things that you can control by making smart moves or protecting the football. I think that's fair. Who's that? I think is Judd up next or Declan? No, Declan is. Declan. I'm up. I'm back up. Lost track there. Uh, mine would my statement would be thank you, Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith, uh, who's been a linchpin of this defense for what forever now. I mean, he, he's been arguably one of the best safeties of all time. He's you can make a case he's on a case for a Pro Football Hall of Fame career. Yep. And yesterday, when Eric Kendrick goes out, Harrison Smith steps up. Eighty point one PFF grade. That was the fifth highest grade by a safety yesterday. And a stat stuffing day. Six tackles, half a sack. One for a loss, two passes deflected, a quarterback hit, a big-time interception. It was a classic Harrison Smith game. It's nothing that surprises us necessarily. But if Kendricks was out, and we learned how valuable Kendricks is by just seeing him being absent from the football field yesterday, Harrison Smith saved that from being a disastrous game, and it would have made Mike Glennon look like a Pro Bowl quarterback. So thank you to Harrison Smith. Mike Glennon, man. Let's let's keep the, the, the individual defensive performance statements going here. So Harrison Smith was great. Also a shout-out to both Cam Dantzler and also Efedi Adenabo yesterday. So Cam Dantzler was targeted, I don't have it in front of me, I believe it was seven targets. Yes, it was. One, one catch. catch yep. And it was the three-yard catch that he punched loose for a fumble. So of the seven times he was targeted, one was a pick. The only completion, he turned into a fumble because of his own great play. It was not only one of the great performances of his young career so far. I think it was one of the great individual performances of any Vikings defender all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the Adenabo front, the Vikings two weeks ago against the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. as a team, generated five pressures on Andy Dalton as a team in three hours. Adenabo generated eight pressures by himself against Mike Glennon and the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. 17 pressures as a team for the Vikings, and Odenabo had half of them. And Gakwe, who needed him? Well, Odenabo, if it's just a rush-the-passer role and a third-down specialist role, I think he's fine. Like, he can get after the quarterback. I think the question for him is, and maybe he's going to answer it this season still, like, can he be your every single down right end for the Vikings? And we'll have to see. I think the important thing with him, though, is my sense is he's going to do what he's told to do and what you want. I think I think the problem with Ngakwe was he was he basically said, "Hey, I rush quarterbacks," and they're like, "But dude, what about the run?" Hey, 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 I rush quarterbacks, but there's so much more to our defense than hey, that. Hey, hey. Oh no, hey, 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 I'm rushing the quarterback. Give me Mike Lennon. Give me Mike Lennon. Um, my next statement, 
And I need to parse this very carefully when I say it, because I think we all agree. But just if I say it in a broad way, it's going to be pushed back against because this guy does get targets and he does get the ball. But Justin Jefferson needs to consistently see the football more. And by that, I mean, look at the disparity in Sunday's game, okay? Two targets, two catches for 12 yards in the opening half against Jacksonville. Against Jacksonville. And then they adjusted at halftime and came out and said, we've got to throw more to number 18. Hey, let me ask you this. Since you're doing the splits, how many points did they score offensively in the first half? They were down 16. Hold on a second here. Was it 9 to 6? It was 9 to 6. It was 9. They scored 6 points. And so then how many points did they score in the second half? They scored 18 points in the second half, and if you include the OT, they scored 21 points. So they scored like three or four times as many points in the second half, and they targeted Justin Jefferson like four times as many halves. That seems like uh, too much of a coincidence to be uh, ignored. So so in, in the third and fourth quarters and overtime, Jefferson had seven catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Now, now here's the thing, though, because I think Vikings fans will, will say or might say, yeah, but he was open more. No, here's the thing. You're playing Jacksonville. That poor He's cornerback. Open, yeah. you're right. That poor <laughs> cornerback. Did you see that guy who was trying to cover him? He had no chance. He had no chance, and when the Vikings threw to Jefferson, especially deep, what he tended to do, and I don't blame him, I do the same thing, is he just grabbed him. And that results in what I like to call a penalty flag, okay? (laughs) So there have to be more opportunities. It's not that Jefferson is not being thrown to or that he's being completely ignored. I believe he was targeted something like 12 times. So he was targeted plenty, but it's how he was targeted and when, and there needs to be a consistency to it. And Adam Thielen, I'll continue to say this, is a very good player. I understand that. But we also need to understand what his role can be and should be. And he's a security blanket guy as far as a possession guy, and he can make uh, catches short, intermediate. But if you're going to go deep down the field, Justin Jefferson is your guy, I would say, unless he's triple covered. Okay, I think it's Luke Barku is the is the quarterback yes. that was... I looked him up, you're correct. ...the one that had the most trouble yesterday for the Jags. Correct. So he was targeted, uh, when lined up against Justin Jefferson, he was targeted four times. Justin Jefferson caught all four of those passes for 80 yards and a touchdown no and two first downs. Yeah. Adam Thielen also lined up against him three times for... So three targets for two catches, and one of those was a first down. So, yeah. That guy, that guy struggled. But that yesterday. guy, that guy had no chance. It looked like you playing corner. I'm going to take uh, Judd's, I believe it was his concern last week on Friday and turn it into it and, and keep the same statement, but kind of expand on it a little bit. And it's the Dalvin dilemma. So on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 38 touches for Dalvin Cook. Now, and he racked up 179 Total yards. He he gave him the ball a lot uh, uh, rushing. They gave him 32 times for 120. They found him six times in the air for 59 yards. That's great. But 38 touches for Dalvin Cook, and everything flows through him. We heard that Beth Moen said on the broadcast. We even I, we we've been seeing it for the last 14 weeks. But 38 touches. I'm and with Alexander Mass, who I believe had an appendectomy, uh, appendicitis or something. Yep. He, had his, he had his appendix removed on Saturday, yep. which I think threw a monkey wrench into the whole plan because I think it truly was, even going into that game with how back and forth it was, Alexander Mass was supposed to get the football 
on Sunday against the Jaguars, and obviously that gets completely thrown out the window when you have a medical emergency. But 38 touches for Dalvin Cook, you have to figure out a way to make that a more manageable term or get Alexander Madison or guys like Mike Boone and Abdullah involved more. Yeah, it's tough to swallow that you need Dalvin Cook to touch the ball a career-high times, and they tried to get him to touch the ball 41 times because they also targeted him three times where he didn't catch a pass. Um, think about that. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. Now, if you look at his numbers on the year, he's leading the NFL in touchdown uh, rushes with 13, and he's second in yardage behind only Derrick Henry. He's only 67 yards behind Derrick Henry. He's played one fewer game than Derrick Henry because he missed the game with an injury. He leads the NFL in rush yards per game. So it's like he's he's one of the non-quarterback MVP candidates. But I don't know. I just... I, I hate to sit here and like panic about it because he is one of their best weapons. He's, he's in his prime, and they should just like use him as much as they can. But at the same time, if they keep using him at this rate, especially when the team has acknowledged and Gary Kubiak has acknowledged he's not 100%, um, how much of his future value and ability are you cutting off in 2020? It's hard to say for sure. Kind of like pitchers. Like, I don't know. If he throws 110 Morris, pitches, his Jack arm Morris fall would have off? had Dalvin Cook carry the ball 50 times. Um, the one thing that concerned me in watching him play on Sunday, and to go back to Dex's point about the 38 touches, he clearly didn't have that step or, or, or that cut. Like the ankle was not, it was off. There were moves, there were times where I saw him carry the football where there was no question if he was healthy. He gains an extra 10 to 12 to uh, 15 yards, and he didn't have that. And yet you didn't see the Vikings sort of peel back and be like, oh, okay, whoa, hold on a second here. They were like, it's Dalvin. Yeah. So that's the one thing that struck me as odd was you could clearly see that he didn't have that little extra burst, and it didn't really impact how the team used him or felt about it. And I probably would have said at that point in time, He's still going to play. He's still going to get touches, but let's dial it back and do something else. Yeah. And and by the way, if we're going to put the faith that you do in Mr. Gwad, Mr. Gwad technically should be able to carry you through a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, where I need Dalvin to be stupendous, is against Tampa Bay. Are you going to get that now? This we'll find out. I would definitely not practice him on Wednesday. I would just let oh, him, I'd I'd be let him done, sit all week. I'd be done practicing him. He doesn't need for to sure. practice anymore. All right. I for sure have one more statement here for you guys. The Vikings special teams units have now officially covered the entire bingo board of incompetence this season. Okay. They went in yesterday. So let's just, let's just make a list here. So uh, going into yesterday, they had checked the box of... Three straight weeks with Chris Boyd penalties on punts. Hold on, I got to do this. Okay. Long snappers rolling ground balls. Long snappers getting cut. Okay. Blowing a, a fake punt attempt because your well, Chris Boyd, your uh, your gunner was waving his arms in excitement. I'm open. I'm right? open. Come on, Two block punts in one game. You also check the box of your opponent. Let me think here. Uh, Twelve games into the season. Racking up as many punt return yards on their first return of the game, 13 yards, equaling your punt return yardage for the entire season. All of that happened. I've lost count. And the only box you needed was a kicker meltdown. And you checked that yesterday, too, because our guy, uh, Dan Bailey, missed two extra points in a game-winning field goal. Uh, eventually, he did kick the game-winning field goal. But I, I literally think everything you could possibly check off, special teams-wise, has gone awry this season. And the Vikings have won 
most of these games that they've had meltdowns in. They've won a game with a kicking meltdown. They've won a game with a Chris Boyd meltdown, and they've won a game with a punt block uh, or, or a two punts getting blocked, a punt a punt team meltdown. So right. Good for them, I guess. I prefer to, to call those magoofs. <laughs> From now on, we shall refer to special teams errors as Marwin magoofs. Yeah. Magoofs. Still getting paid. Uh, all right. I think I'm up next. My next statement is this. When the Vikings are forced to be in the nickel package, which they are quite a bit, right? Three corners. You got Gladney. You got Dantzler. Okay. All right. <clears throat> when they are forced to be in the nickel package, there is now, I think we can say, and this is unfortunate, ineptitude at the right cornerback spot. It is a huge issue. Um, go back to, to the first game of the three games at home. Chris Jones in one of the all-time great missed tackles. Basically, he didn't even miss the tackle. He just watched the Cowboys back run by him, and he's like, oh, darn. Yesterday we saw Chris Boyd, who is better, in my opinion, than Chris Jones, but far from a polished or perfect player. Uh, Touchdown one that Glennon threw, I believe, went off Chris Boyd's body. Uh on the next drive, which the Jaguars got a field goal out of, there was a 34-yard completion by Glennon. And on the play, Boyd sort of mistimed his jump, got beat on that play. And then there was another a third and goal throw that Glennon basically threw, hold up, wait for it, to Chris Boyd. And Chris Boyd like turned around and was like, is that the football? Oh, yeah, that was the football. It just hit the ground. Yeah. When, when the Vikings are forced to play... Three cornerbacks. You know what? Gladney banged up. I trust him though. Dantzler, he, he's a player. He'll be a player. Dantzler, a player. Growing trust each and every week. Mm-hmm. And then there's the right corner spot. That, my friends, that is something that I can guarantee you. Mike Glennon might have eventually forgotten to throw that way on Sunday. No matter how bad he's struggling, TB12 will not forget that either. Chris Jones or Chris Boyd is at that cornerback position. Easy enough to fix. The Vikings do have a first-round draft pick. Just draft another you did, cornerback. You didn't just say that. God. Just draft another you cornerback. Didn't, you didn't just say that. What are you going to do on Sunday? God. What are you going to do on Sunday? Uh, pray, I guess. Yeah. Dex, your last statement. Yeah, final statement is go, is, uh, is go get it. This week against Tampa Bay, right now your playoff odds are at 38%. If you beat the Buccaneers, according to 538, that jumps up to 71% with the win. If you lose the Buccaneers, that number falls all the way to 22. So literally, this is probably the biggest swing game of the season. You beat Tampa Bay, you beat Father Time and Tom and Bruce Arians, who are as functional as it gets right now. You can go down there and get it. Go get it. Get a big W, and your playoffs are basically sealed. You're going to have to beat either the Buccaneers or the Saints if you want to get to the playoffs. Almost certainly. Don't so go get one of them. Don't say seal decks. This is the Vikings. Yes, like I, yeah, I, sealed is wrong. I like they, they what you're saying to the Lions. No, I'm going to say. Sealed. I love your statement. No, it's this a statement. It's sealed. Daryl Bevel. If you say that, Daryl Bevel in the regular season finale in Detroit will beat him. Dude, Bevel Peterson revenge game is a real oh. a real factor now. Declan, a you're real factor. dude. You're young, my man. I am. Listen, listen to sports dad, young dumb and, and sports bro. Listen, we are telling you the truth. I mean, put it this way. The Chicago Bears thought that that game was sealed yesterday against Bevel and Peterson and company. And then what happened? I don't think I've seen the Bears play 
four quarters all year long. I mean, they would be amazing if they did, but uh, I don't know if it's a lack of cardio. I don't know what their practices are like, but they, the defensive line, they, these guys are huffing and puffing the whole time. Uh, like you said, no pressure. And I'm just so tired of the soft defense. Cardio. It's cardio. You're out of shape. Man, those guys are breathing really heavy compared to the Lions yesterday. That's yeah. why Mitch that's why Mitch Trubisky fumbled all over himself. Just like couldn't catch his breath. Oh boy. Gotta run those guys more in practice. There's not been one play this entire season that after a timeout hasn't been a busted play or a sack. So every time the Bears take a timeout, they lose yardage every single time. And there's not one bigger indictment of the coaching staff than that. How is that even possible? I love the accent. Yeah. That's class. Yeah. Across the pond. I mean, we have we we have friends from yeah, we do. Uh, many different countries. Bernard, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Wales, Germany. I believe our, our, our two international spots, yeah. Looking out. Poor Bears fans. I mean, it's enough. It's enough. He's developed nobody. I mean, who knows? I mean, Trubisky, he's, he's been worse. He's been awful. Everybody has been awful. Nobody has been any good. He develops nobody. But that's, I mean, I don't really have that much to say, but it's just, it's just, it's enough already. <laughs> That was they funny. were five and one, right? They were yeah. five and zero. Oh. They were five and zero. Oh. I think they're five and zero, oh, and then they lost their first game, and they haven't won since. They've lost six consecutive games. Hopefully, a new GM comes in. I would relinquish Mac and um, get some salary cap back. You know, you you only have a few more years left to him. Um, I would I would let him go and and then start there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's where I would start. Yeah, I think, uh, that's way too measured right there. I think like all these. You're right. Like all these They're highlights resigned. from the score and from ESPN thousand. Credit to those radio stations. There really were no freakouts. It was just a bunch of like resigned, depressed. That's I think a it bad, says that's bear, a the bad Bears sign. have gone through this year after year after year. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, you know, my family has season tickets. I, I live in Savannah. I'm not going to come up to games anymore. It's not worth it. I'm not going to travel, you know, to Nashville or to Atlanta, even three hours away. I'm just done. It's just, it's, it's painful. So I, here's my thing. I, I don't know if there's a comment, but we really need the team to be sold and, and respect the McCaskies. We will always respect Hallis Hall. But it's time to move on. This team is not that far from the Super Bowl, guys. Believe it or not, it's not that far. If you get the right quarterback in this, in the, in, in the, you know, you got Derek Carr, you know, you got uh, Stafford. I mean, there's quarterbacks out there available for for you to get. Okay, what if that guy's right that that Matt you put Matt Stafford on this team who's instead co- of Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, who's the coach? That's my question. Just everything's the same. Nagy's, Nagy's melted down completely. Nagy's no. the coach. No, then, then no, they've no, got no. no, no. You just they've swap no, out no. Trubisky for Stafford, and Goodbye. this team is they have no fourteen chance. and two. No. I mean, the defense has now quit. Yeah, They've quit on this guy. The yeah. last two games, they have just basically said, we're punting. 
Did they quit or did Adrian Peterson take it from them? I love the rushing totals for Peterson yesterday. 16 rushes for like 50 yards, yeah. a couple of touchdowns. Two touchdowns. An each angry game-winning touchdown. I mean, though. the man has turned into Fahutahi. Yes, he's averaging he's three and a half yards become, a carry. He's allowed himself to become Fahutahi. Over 500 yards rushing on the season, though. Who's the um, Oh, oh who, who's the, the back that replaced Peterson when he got suspended? Uh, Matt Asiata. Matt Asiata. That, that's who he is now. Adrian Peterson has now allowed himself to become Matt Asiata. Yeah, and you know what? Let me let me find the all time. How close is he to Barry Sanders now? Got to be close. Is he going to pass? Is he going to catch Barry Sanders against the Vikings in Week 17? I don't just think. Well, Derek Declan's going, yes, because he's like they're going to make the playoffs for sure if they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, he's he's four hundred. He's yeah. uh, he's five hundred yards behind Barry Sanders. Okay, the Vi- a really good month, and he could catch the him. Vikings are going to trail Detroit. In the last game of the regular season by two points, it's going to be at Ford Field, 27-yard field goal attempt, two seconds left. Dan Bailey is going to come in and miss because Declan assured us if they beat Tampa Bay, they're going to to the playoffs. you just jinxed You just completely – no, no, no. No, you're fine. Just don't – if they beat Tampa, don't say they're a sure thing. People don't jinx the Vikings. The Vikings jinx themselves. I could say they could lose out or win out, and they'll figure out a way to do the opposite. Yeah, well, we'll see now. Okay, now, that's, now, yeah, you just keep going. You keep going. You just keep, keep tempting fate. Yep, yep. Oh, the Vikings are a lot to make the playoffs now. If they beat Tampa Bay. You know what, though? If um, if the Vikings are behind against the Detroit Lions with the season on the line, as long as there's time left on the clock, boys, that's, right. that's all my guy needs. Mr. Game winning You know what it's going to be? Himself. It's going to be the first game where where Zim screws up the timeouts. Kirk leads them down. They score. Too much time left for Stafford. I'm not worried about that. Too much time left. Prater, 62 yards. Not worried about that. Good field goal. That's a wrap on today's episode of Purple Daily. Mackie and Judd, Declan producing. Justin Jefferson. And uh, we, I think I would like to do a deep dive into some of the, the coaching-related things that can be cleaned up in those two-minute situations. Maybe we do that tomorrow on, on our uh, Nerd Football segment of the week. But uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Seven days a week, Vikings shows Purple Daily, part of the Score North Network. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow.